This is Annie Grace, and you're listening to this Naked Mind podcast, where without judgment, pain, or rules, we explore the role of alcohol in our lives and culture. Hi, this is Annie Grace, and welcome to this Naked Mind podcast. Today, I am here with Carrie. Welcome, Carrie. Hi, Annie. Oh, it's so good to have you here. We were just commenting on Carrie has like the coolest background. So if you're not watching this on video, <laughs> you should watch it on video. Um, but Carrie, thanks so much for being here. So what I love to do is, you know, with your story, just kind of rewind almost all the way to the beginning. Like where did things really start for you? Yeah. So I, just first of all, I just want to say, like I, you were on one of the videos I watched, you were talking about fangirling and that like that kind of what I am I'm a little nervous because I have just been watching your podcast I've you know listened to the book and absolutely love it I mean I, I've actually been looking for this for years um because um you know I I was like what Claudia calls a gray area drinker um for for years you know and it's just really hard because people don't understand that you have a problem they they think that well you're successful and you're raising your children you have a beautiful home um and so everything in your life must be fine yeah you know that it's just so from the outside um it's very different but um you know i didn't start out i guess I, I never really drank at all in high school i grew up in a non-drinking home um, my mom actually was a single mom she did drink when I was younger. I don't remember it. She says I dumped her alcohol down the toilet and I don't remember doing that. Um, but I never really was around people that were drinking. My parents did not drink. Um, I remember when I was 13, someone had given my mom a bottle of wine. Um, they never had alcohol in the house. And it was my 13th birthday. And I remember um, taking a few sips of the wine you know, that was my, and then I just wasn't interested in it. It just wasn't anything that interested me. Um, I was always, um, you know, always did well in school. Always was in sports and athletics going out through high school. Um, and my parents were like, you have to go to college. Like, it's not a choice. You know, you, you need to go. And so when I graduated high school, that's what I did. I went, I went for my first year of college and, um, I actually didn't, it's funny, I ended up going to SUNY Albany in New York, which is, um, I didn't know at the time, but it's one of the biggest drinking schools. And um, I, I remember my freshman year, you know, seeing all these people like f the fraternities and sororities and um, I mean, everybody was just getting drunk and it wasn't my thing. I really honestly, um, my first year there, I, um, you know, I didn't, I didn't get involved in it at all. I was very studious. I, I loved college. I loved school. Um, I loved to study and I was kind of isolated. I didn't make a lot of friends because a lot of the people that went there were from the city of New York city. And so for me, it was like, I was this country girl, you know, very naive, very naive, um, very inexperienced. You know, I didn't know anything about, um, I, I just was never a very social, social person. I didn't have a big group of friends. I had just a very few close friends. And <clears throat> I kind of started to feel this, like, I guess 
towards the end of my freshman year, I kind of was feeling left out, you know, like I really, I kind of made, I ended up being part of the, the college radio. I was, I DJed. I loved doing that. And I met some people there, but I didn't really, you know, there wasn't really anybody that I connected with. Um, I had had a boyfriend all through high school. He was a year older, so he was in college the year before. And then things started going south in our relationship. And he ended up cheating on me. Oh, brutal. So I was home for the summer and I was working at, um, there was a, a landscaper down the road from my parents' house, out way out in the country. And I was working for the summer to make money, you know, for college and stuff. And um, we were, we had been together for like five years and he broke up. I was just absolutely, it was probably at that time, you know, before going back, when I went back in therapy in my childhood, I mean, one of the most heartbreaking moments of my life, you know, it was really, really hard. And I think that's kind of what set me up for this pattern that I found in my life where um, you know, I'll be in a relationship and it'll be great. And then things will go south and then I will drink to make myself feel better. Mm-hmm. And so that was like the first time that it started. And I was a sophomore in college and I went back to school and I was like, well, I am going to be part of a sorority. So I pledged to sorority. Um, I just went for, it was funny because I mean, and this is not, I'm not trying to be anti-Semitic, but, um, you know, people called it, people called some of the people from Long Island, they would say, um, they would call them Japs. And I'm like, what does that mean? I didn't figure out what it meant until a year later. And it stands for Jewish American princess. And that was kind of the, 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 an example of who was there at that school. And so when I went to the sororities, you know, you would go and you'd meet, meet everybody and I went there and, and I was just like, they all like would not talk to me. I mean, they just would not even talk to me. They could tell I was not in their group. And so <clears throat> this sorority that I ended up pledging um, was more, you know, down to earth, I guess I, you'd, you could say, you know, my type of a, of a person. And it was funny because when I started pledging it, I didn't have any idea until I was done, like until I actually was in the sorority that they were known for being drunks. I didn't know that. But while I was pledging, a lot of the, the challenges that we did rotated around drinking. So it was like, um, you know, you have to drink a certain amount of alcohol or uh, what is it, like do a keg stand or do a funnel or, you know, all those crazy yeah. things that we did in college. And so for me, I never had one drink it was never like that it was always this full out like how much can you drink I mean that it was like it was a big joke it it was fun you know and I mean if I'm being honest about it I really had a good time at that time yeah I was I was in college this was my first experience really I would say in like being social with a group Cause I had never had, I'd never belonged to a group of friends. So in, during the school year, I would, or when school was in session, it would be almost every night. It would be, we were out either at a party, at a bar, at an event, we always had all these different events that we would go to. And then when I would go home on break, I would not drink at all and never, it was never 
an issue. It was just, I didn't drink at home, you know? Um, I never, it was funny because my nickname was the porcelain goddess because I would throw up all the time, you know, when I was in college. And, and so it's funny. It's funny now because when I, as I got older, I think because I wasn't throwing up, I kind of use that as an excuse as like, well, it's not as bad as, you know, what I was doing. So, um, I went through college like that. Um, and I still, you know, I was still passing all my classes somehow, um, kind of just barely towards the end, like my junior year, things got really dicey there. I ended up, um, um, somehow got a scholarship, um, to go to Japan for my senior year. So it was this college, we did like an exchange, you know, you, you, somebody from America went to the college in Japan and and so I was, that was literally the best time of my life. Like just, I had never flown in air that my first flight was to Japan. That was my first flight. Wow. Um, that's crazy. I, that's awesome. You know, I mean, I was a sheltered person. I had never been outside of like New York, New Jersey area my whole life. Um, and it was like, it's just like a, almost like a kid in a candy store. Or, you know, you just are like, wow, this is so just the culture and the people were so friendly. And um, I ended up meeting friends from all over the world. I had a friend from Sweden, a friend from Finland. Um, and we all kind of got in this, this group of friends and um, we would hang out together. And drinking was a big thing with us, you know. Um, and so anyways, I did that for a year. And, um, I think it kind of, you know, outside of the drinking, I mean, I, I separate things from, from the, the, the drinking, I guess at that time, because it was still a really great experience, even though I was drinking a lot, you know, that was kind of what we did. I mean, we were still college kids, you know? Um, but you know, there were, there were a few scary times there, um, where I was drinking and was, was in a place, um, where I didn't know anyone and um, ended up getting myself stuck in, in some situations that were not good. Um, so even though there were, it was an exciting time, um, I think there were a lot of things that, that kind of came out of that that were, that were not good. Yeah, for sure. So then I came back home from Japan and it was just like, kind of a downer. I, I would have, I actually would still be there, but I, my visa ran out. I was, I was there for the summer and I had a student visa and I couldn't get a work visa because I found out that my, I hadn't gotten my degree because I missed, it was a, just a, a kind of a mess. It was a, a glitch. I didn't get my degree. So I had to go back to school for like two classes to get more credits for my degree. So that was, it was kind of a bummer, like flying back home and like living with my parents again at 22, you know, and um, I hadn't graduated, officially graduated. So I worked at the grocery store in our town and, you know, it was kind of like, mm, okay, um, continued drinking. But again, I was never like I wouldn't really drink at home. Um, 
I would more go out with friends and, and especially because my parents didn't drink. It was like, they did not like alcohol in the house. They, yeah. my, my dad allows it now, but, um, do they drink now or they still don't drink? My mom will have a glass of wine occasionally, like probably three times a year. <laughs> yeah. Um, my dad does not drink at all. His father was an alcoholic. He's my stepdad. So kind of around the time, another part of the story is around the time that I started drinking um, when I was 19, I um, met my real dad. I had begged my mom. I was like, I want to meet my dad. I want to know who he is. Um, Cause I knew, I knew that I had, you know, that he existed basically. And my mom had married my stepdad when I was eight. And so around this time when I was 19, she was like, okay, I'll find out where he's at. So she, he lived in the same town. So she found him and I met him and he was an alcoholic as well. So it was kind of like, but he was like the cool guy. You know what I mean? Like he never got married. I think maybe one time, but, um, when I met him and we started spending some time together, um, we would go up to Canada because where my mom's from is like Northern New York. So it's right on the Canadian border and the drinking age in Canada was 18. So he would take me to Canada and we would drink, you know, I mean, I never thought anything of it or he would take me to a bar down the street from his house and we would, you know, just an old country dive and we would drink. Um, so it was just kind of interesting how I guess that kind of reinforced that, you know, drinking was fun and it was, you know, the fun people drank, you know. Um, and then let's see. Okay, so fast forward back to graduating from, from, from school and everything. Um, and then it was like, I just ended up in being in a really abusive relationship. So I went back to school. Um, I was living with my grandmother at the time in, in Northern New York where my dad was from. And um, my dad ended up, my real dad ended up deciding that he didn't want to talk to me anymore. He, he found some reason why um, he wanted nothing to do with me. And so that kind of ended. Um, I was, I was pretty devastated about that at the time because, you know, and it's funny looking back on it now, um, cause it's like, I was really upset, but I never thought to do anything about it. You know, it was just, it was just kind of one of those things that I was just like, okay, I just, I had no control over this. Um, I ended up in an abusive relationship. It was really, really bad. Um, really bad. And my mom begged me, like he, I actually had a car and he like smashed the window out of my, he like disabled my car so that I couldn't go anywhere. Um, and my mom, my mom begged me, she's like, please, please leave. Just get in the car. And it was some miracle of God. It, It really was like, my aunt happened to live in Indiana. That's how I ended up here. And she was like, come and stay with me. She owned her own business. She's like, you can work for me. I'll give you a job and you you can stay with me until you get on your feet. I got in my car and drove and I never looked back. 
Mm. And it was like, I couldn't, it was so funny because at the time it seemed like such a long drive because um, I don't know how my car, somehow I had convinced someone, I think, to fix something that he had cut in the car, like the battery or something. And I remember the whole time I was driving, I was so afraid that my car was going to quit on me. Somehow my car made it all the way to Indiana from New York. I mean, it was just like, I mean, it, it was just a miracle. Like, and I don't think I would be alive right now if, um, if that hadn't have worked out for me. Oh, it's so amazing. I have um, a very similar story about getting in a car and driving away. So I'm like really feeling you right now. Oh yeah. Yeah. It was like the clothes on my back and like a small bag of stuff. That's, that's what I brought with me. I mean, I literally had nothing. Um, it's just, I haven't, I haven't, it's funny to talk about this cause I haven't like thought about any of this for a long time. Um, so I got a job with my aunt. I worked with her for almost a year. Um, so I worked full time and then I ended up getting a job. I was like 23 at the time, you know, so I waitressed at Applebee's and worked for my aunt. And um, of course, I don't know if you are aware of what waitressing, especially when you're younger, it's like, Oh yes, I was a waitress for like four years, and we did shots in the back room. Oh yeah, part of the job. It's huge. It's huge. I mean, it was like after work every night. It was go out and get hammered. And I mean, people in Indiana. I mean, where I'm from, it's not like it is here. I mean, it's this area is just there's a huge drinking culture here. Like, um, it's just kind of normal, you know, for people to be even, even what I would call a full blown alcoholic, you know, people kind of, you know, don't think anything of it. And, um, I ended up getting involved in, I don't even know how I got involved in bodybuilding, but, um, I lost a bunch of weight. I started getting involved in bodybuilding, weightlifting. And so I just kind of stopped drinking. I mean, I didn't, I didn't drink for like a long time. I mean, off and on, I guess I, I would, but, um, I was really into bodybuilding and, um, I did that for, gosh, I don't know how many years that was. Um, and I actually, things didn't work out with my aunt um, working for my aunt. So I ended up getting another job and met another group of friends that, um, through my work. And so, okay, wait, before this, um, yeah. So when I was about 23, um, so I had, I had already, when I was like seven or something, I had accepted Christ, but wasn't really like at at all. I mean, didn't, didn't ever think about God. And, um, again, had had met a guy through my waitressing job who lived in Wisconsin and we had a long distance relationship for almost a year. And then when we broke up, 
again, like things were just went in my life. It was like, my life is over. I'm, I'm just, you know, I was, I was desolate. And, um, I did drink, I did drink a little bit, um, but not as much as I had before. I kind of threw myself into bodybuilding instead of the drinking. And so, um, that, that's kind of another thing that that's like, I found about myself. I'm very like black or white. Like it's either, which I think is what caused me for so long to not get help was because while I'm not an alcoholic, I don't get up in the morning and drink. So I must be the other side. Cause for me, it's always, it's one way or the other. There's this gray area is just really difficult for me. You know, I've, I've learned to be more understanding or know that, that there are gray areas in life, that life is not black and white. And so I threw myself into bodybuilding, um, got really fit, start like for a couple of years, started doing like bodybuilding shows. And, um, again, like, even though I think that, you know, weightlifting in and of itself was probably a good thing. Um, that kind of started like an eating disorder for me because I was like, well, you can only eat certain things. And then I would binge Mm -hmm. and I had never had a, I mean, I had, I guess I had always been kind of like a dieter type of person, but I never really, um, struggled with my weight until I started doing like the really strict dieting and got down to low body fat. So, um, I did that for a long time. I, I dated a guy off and on during that time, but, um, it, there really wasn't anything, you know, serious. And then, um, my brother, so my brother, um, I, I, I think I'm okay to share this. My brother was, um, addicted to heroin for a long time. And so while all this stuff is going on in my life, my family is just very focused on him and, you know, what's going on with him and trying to take care of him, trying to get him off the streets. He was actually living on the streets for a long time. Um, and then he disappeared at one point and we had no idea where he was. Um, and my mom called me and she was just like, I don't know, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know where your brother is. And, um, so I, I moved back home, um, for almost a year to just be with my family because, you know, we just, I didn't know, I felt like the right thing to do. And, um, I really, I did really well during this time. Um, oh, I forgot to, I'm sorry. I'm like skipping ahead. So backtrack to when I was 23, had broken up with this you know, things ended with this relationship and I ended up, um, like I really at one point was like wanting to commit suicide. And I told God, like, I knew that, that God was there. And I told God, I was like, if you want me to live, I need you to do something to show me that, that you're there. And it's so funny. I had this old Bible. Um, it was actually 
the red letter Bible and it had this red, um, the red binding on, like all the pages were painted red on the side. And I, uh, I got that Bible out and I flipped. And the first thing that I, that I flipped to was the story of the prodigal son. Um, and I, I just, it's weird. I don't know why I kept that Bible for so long, but I kept it with me everywhere. I never read it. <laughs> it was falling apart. I never opened it up, I don't think. And um, I mean, that's when, you know, my life changed. I mean, I'm 42 now, so it's been 20 years that I've been walking with God. And um, I've had a lot of struggles and a lot of things to work out, but um, it's just amazing how it, I, I wouldn't be alive today mm -hmm. if it wasn't if it wasn't for that, you know. Um, so after I get saved, I um, I started going to church, um, and then I ended up meeting some Christian friends, and things were really good at first and then for some reason which I later found out I mean I'm not gonna tell the whole story but um we all started drinking like but it was like <laughs> we would still go to church and we'd still talk about God you know but we were like getting drunk all the time you know like it wasn't even like a just on the weekends thing it was um you know even during the week and I think that's kind of when for me I think drinking started to be more like a normal thing because it had always been like party you know like or I guess like one of the things you say in your book is how you know there's so many things in the media, like movies, that when something really bad happens, like even there's a movie on Netflix right now, a series called How to Get Over a Breakup. And the first episode is just her getting shit-faced. Mm -hmm. I mean, and so I think it was always like that for me, you know? And this was like, it kind of became a lifestyle. Like it was just a lifestyle of like, that's just what we did. I mean, we just would, would, um, get ready to go out, me and my friend, my, and at the time, this, this person was my best, my very best friend. Um, I thought she was my best friend. Um, and we would do shots, you know, and then we'd go out and have a great time. And we all, we were all doing it. We were all a big group of friends. Well, I ended up, so in between that time, I moved back home for almost a year. I stopped drinking for a while. And, um, you know, I didn't think about it at the time, but it was like when, while we started drinking again, I had gained all this weight because I had been doing the bodybuilding thing, wasn't really drinking. And then I met these friends, we started drinking and binge eating was another part of that as well. Um, and I gained a bunch of weight. When I moved back home, I got back into weightlifting, lost a bunch of weight. Um, and then I ended up moving back here because all my friends were here. And it's funny now looking back on it because 
I think until I was like 30 something, I was so naive about people. Like I just hadn't, I hadn't interacted with that many people in my life. You know, I was kind of isolated. And this girl that I was, you know, was my good friend. I mean, I would have done anything for her. And at the time I felt like she would too, because it was like, we were just always together. It was like, you know, what are we doing this weekend? You know? And so while I was gone, she begged me to come back to Indiana. She was like, you know, and I didn't have any friends in New York. So that was another thing that was like, I'm not drinking. I mean, I had my, I had, I should, let me change that. I had my best friend um, from when I was in high school. She was married with children. I was still single at 29 at this time. Um, and um, so it's kind of, it was kind of like, another setup for how like drinking is the fun time. Like whenever I'm drinking, that's when all the fun times are, you know? Um, so um, this person that I thought was my friend, um, like things got really bad really fast. While I was gone, like she was calling me and she ended up getting in a couple car accidents because she was drinking like all the time. I didn't know it at the time, but cause she never talked about, and I think this is another thing with like the Christian rules of like, you're not supposed to talk bad about your husband or your wife. She never told me that she was in an abusive relationship. I had no idea, no idea. I mean, I would spend the night at their house they were married, we, you know, we'd party, whatever. And I'd go back, I'd go to the spare room and they'd go in their bedroom, you know? And I just never, I never even thought about it, you know? And it's just, everything ended up getting, turning into a big mess. Um, so the couple that I was really close friends with, they were friends with another couple. And the wife who I wasn't that close with at the time, she ended up leaving her husband. So all the drinking and stuff is going on at this time. Like we're getting drunk all the time. Um, she ended up leaving her husband for this other man and starts living with him. And so in the meantime, my close friend starts getting involved with her husband. The, the woman who, the husband of the woman who left. And so, and it's so funny because all this is happening and none of us are thinking, oh, it's the drinking, you know, that's, that's causing all these problems. Around. We're not even thinking about that. No, the drinking is, that's the fun time, you know? And then I end up getting involved with a guy and ended up getting pregnant. So this all, this all kind of happens at the same time, literally like, um, the one girl leaves, my close friend ends up getting involved with her husband and leaving her husband. It comes out, she says that he's a, he, he was abusive, so on and so forth. Anyway, so, um, so when she finds out I'm pregnant, she wants nothing to do with me. She continues on with her life as though it's 
you know, and <clears throat> it was weird because I lived right, right across the street from her parents at the time, which she was really close with her parents. And I was really close with her family. I mean, that's how good of friends I thought we were is I, I was invited to all of her family, like function, you know, like dinner, Sunday dinners and everything. And, um, so the guy that I was with, we ended up moving in together and, um, when I got pregnant and we were like, yeah, we're going to get married. <clears throat> so I just remember living across the street from her dad and I ran into her dad and he's like, you know, we are so glad that you're doing the right thing and getting married. And I was just like, I didn't know what to say. I was like, you know, now when I look back on it at the time, it seemed like the right thing to do because I had, I had been raised Catholic. So it was always like, oh my gosh, it, you know, don't, don't get pregnant out of wedlock, you know, get married. And so I, in my mind, and I think at the time I was just panicked, you know, and of course, as soon as I found out I was pregnant, I stopped drinking. I mean, I, but up until that point, I mean, I was drinking still like, like we had been, I mean, we, we were regular drinkers and I find out I'm pregnant. I stopped drinking. So of course I'm not no longer invited to any of the events, you know? <laughs> and, um, so it kind of bred this really bad situation for me where I was with this guy. Um, he ended up being abusive. We did get married and he was very abusive. Um, and, um, it was just a really, really bad situation. So I had a, a small child that I was, you know, I, ha I had my daughter, um, when I was 30 years old and it, it was just one of those things where I had lost every, all of my friends. Um, I really had no friends. No one would, you know, cause all my friends were, were party party, you know, and was with this, was married to, um, my ex-husband at the time. <clears throat> and, um, he just, I knew even before the marriage that he was, well, no, we went away to Branson, Missouri to get married. And we got married just the two of us in a chapel. And then we had a reception afterward. It was like, as soon as we got married, he started being abusive. I mean, up until that point, um, I had no idea. I didn't know, you know, what the signs were or anything or that that was, you know, it was just, or that it, that it would be a pattern in my life. You know, I thought I had escaped that by moving here. And so we get married, have, I have my daughter, which is like, you know, one of the most joyful, if not the most joyful moment of my life, you know? Um, I mean, it's so funny. When I see women that are pregnant for the kids, I just like, you just have no idea like how awesome that's going to be, you know, and how challenging at the very same time. It's like the craziest it's the craziest job you'll ever love. Yeah. A couple parties at our house where we, we got drunk. Um, but it just wasn't, you know, what we did. And 
it just ended up being um like we would break up i moved out we got back together so for like three years it was kind of off again on again and my daughter ended up being almost three years old and um things were just so bad like i was working he wanted he made me go back to work um i wanted to stay home with her but he was like no you need to work so i go back to work and i was working a really stressful job taking care of my daughter taking care of a home and taking care of him because he he was he refused to take care of himself and then dealing with him being abusive to me and i finally just i mean i just snapped i couldn't i couldn't do it anymore you know um and my one thing that i did for myself is i was you know still into weightlifting and working out and like that was my thing and he would always be like oh you're there you know the, you're checking out the guys there and you're there flirting with the guys and blah 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 and I was like I mean if you want to come with me you're you're more than welcome to you know so um we end up I ended up finally leaving um because my daughter was getting old enough and she was starting to understand things and I'm like she's gonna she knows what's going on here like he was calling me names and like screaming at me and i'm like or like in front of her and his son and i'm like i can't do this like this is not how i want my daughter to be raised so i left and i leave him move to an apartment and start dating one of the biggest alcoholics in town and start becoming friends with a guy and then right at this time i meet a group of girls who are big into partying and drinking and that became my life um that's when things got really really bad for me um i and you know i wasn't even drinking every day at that time um it was still just on the weekends, you know, partying and everything, but it would be from Friday until literally Sunday bedtime, I would be drinking, you know, not, not during the day, Saturday or anything, but, um, and it just made things worse because at that time when I left, my ex started stalking me and it was just a whole lot of of different incidents that were going on so i was just having this like anxiety this really bad anxiety so then i would drink but then not knowing the drinking was making it worse um so during that time which was like two years i think a year and a half maybe i end up getting pregnant again and um it was like the same thing all over again as soon as i got pregnant i like lost everyone that i thought was my friend um you know it's funny as i'm telling this story because i am seeing it almost like an outsider and now looking back on it i'm like oh my gosh it was the drinking <laughs> the reason that you didn't you know 
And what was funny was I did still have some good friends, but it's like when you're in that, I, I would call it a lifestyle where you're in this group and, and, you know, this is just an area where there's a lot of people that do that, that you're just in a group of friends and you, that's what you do. You just always go out and get drunk together or, you know, you have parties, but there's always drinking involved, you know, and there was always somebody that was worse off than me. So it was really easy to justify my own drinking and say, oh, it's okay, you know. Um, so after I had my second daughter, you know, of course I didn't drink through my pregnancy. Actually, that's not true. I did drink during my pregnancy. Um, I drank twice and I had read somewhere that, oh, it was okay to have a glass of wine when you're pregnant. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I had what ended up being like two or three glasses of wine. Um, I remember one of my favorite drinks was um, I had gotten into martinis at a certain period of time. And so at Christmas, I treated myself to a martini while I was pregnant. And looking back on it now, I'm like, why did I do that? You know, that was so awful. But at the time it was like, well, I, I haven't, I haven't drank in so long, you know, it's, it's okay. Um, and then after she was born again, you know, both of my daughters, it's like, they are what has motivated me to, to try to change my life and, and to be a better person, you know? Um, and it's just, it's like for all these years, I just, I just kept, I just justified my drinking. You know, I just always justified it. I always had a way to justify it. Um, and then after I had my daughter and then she, she got a little bit older, I was breastfeeding. So, um, I couldn't really drink. Her dad was not involved in her life for the first, like, six months or so I can't remember and so she was with me full-time I mean again one of the most amazing times of my life you know um it's so different having a second child because it's like you're not this anxiety ridden person Mm -hmm. you know the first my my first daughter I mean I thought that she was gonna break if I held her too close. You know what I mean? It was just like, I, I actually ended up going on an antidepressant for a while because I was just so, and at the time I, they thought they said it was depression, but I think it really was more of like, and just a having so much anxiety. Um, so I kind of been off, on and off antidepressants. Um, and then after I had my my youngest, um, I decided like at one point, I'm like, well, I want to start drinking again. So I'm going to stop breastfeeding. Um, when she was like eight months old and you know, that's another, um, really shameful thing that I, I just feel really guilty for that, you know, because it was like, it meant more to me to be able to have fun and or what I thought of was, you know, needing to do that. 
you know, I didn't think it was the drinking. And um, so, but I was home a lot. And that was like almost the first time that I started getting drunk at home. Up until then, you know, I really, I mean, I would occasionally, but like not, not to the extent that I started. Um, and plus I was really broke at that time. I didn't have any money. And so I didn't have the money to go out, you know? Um, so, you know, after I had her, I guess it's just been kind of, I, I was 35 when I had my second child. No, I turned, yeah, I was 35. And um, for like five years, it was kind of uh, this off and on. Like I started getting these feelings like, you really should stop drinking. Like, this isn't good for you, you know? And so I would stop. I would go on this, um, you know, health kick for a while. And then um, I would always start up again. And um, so then I ended up getting involved with another guy that was an alcoholic. <laughs> um you know, because I was meeting these people when I was out and, um, you know, fell in love with him, thought he was just the greatest thing ever. And, um, lo and behold, a year later, things ended up ending. And, um, I ended up going back to school and getting my master's degree at this time, um, because I didn't have a very good job. Um, I think some of it was the company that I was working for just was not very, um, like helpful in helping you like move ahead with your life or whatever, like getting a better, getting ahead, getting a better job or better position. And so, um, I went back up my master's degree. Um, and I really, this is the first time that I really remember that I could tell my mind was starting to go like I was starting to have all these like really angry outbursts that I had never struggled with that my whole life never I was never an angry person never and it was always like getting upset with my kids over something like because it was always drinking the weekends my kids weren't there because I was a single mom and then the weekends that I had my kids I wouldn't drink most of the sometimes I would still sometimes after they went to bed you know drink and um it was just I couldn't handle I couldn't handle anything that they they were doing you know it's just my reaction was just get angry you know um and it just, you know, again, it just was, it was escalating to like, um, drinking more during the week, like at home. And again, like being in relationships with alcoholics, you know, you have something to compare and you're not as bad as they are, you know? Um, and so as I, um, 
started doing better in my career, like was getting more of an education, like, and then I had job stress on top of everything else that I, cause before I had a job where it was just like, go to work, work your job and go home, you know, and, and you're not really responsible for anything. And then when I went back and got my master's degree, um, I ended up getting a better job. I was at my job, my new job for one week when I found out that my father, my biological dad had passed away the year before. Hmm. And it's like, you know, again, like you, you think, you know, my drinking is normal or whatever. And then at this time it got to the point where I knew like I was just going to the liquor store and buying bottles of whiskey and whatever else I could get my hands on. And I was just literally, because I hadn't spoken to him for 20 years when he passed away. Like, and I, I felt like, why did I not try to get in touch with him? You know, and my mom kept saying, he was the adult, you were the child. Like he was the one that should have reached out to you, you know? And, um, it was, I went through a really, really, really bad time, like, for a while. Um, and, and then, like, a, I think it was a year after that, I had a friend that ended up committing suicide. You know, it was just, all this stuff kept happening. Um, and I got really sick for a long time. I didn't know what the problem was. Like, I still had to go to work because I, I was a single mom. Like, I couldn't. Um, and the doctor kept telling me, we don't know what's wrong with you, you know, and I was like, well, it can't be because of the drinking, you know, that can't be it. Plus I was on antidepressants and drinking all the time, you know? Um, so I ended up was, was working at this job, um, that I had for three years and I had, you know, responsibility with this job. Um, met another guy, got, um, like things didn't work out with him either. I think I was 40 when that happened. And, um, I ended up, um, in a really, really bad place. And that's when I finally knew I was like, I need to get help mm. because I remember that's when I started getting up in the morning and I started having I had never had like the shakes before this. And um, I started going to a 12 step program that we have in our area. And um, so I was going to the 12 step program, but you know, one of the things um, that I don't like about that is that for people that, are like gray area, especially drinking, you know, I mean, there's not a lot of gray area meth users and, you know, <laughs> it's like those type of things. But, you know, for me, it was, it was really hard because, um, you know, I, I worked the, the steps and everything. And it's funny because one of the things that they say, it's, it's um, Celebrate Recovery is a Christ-centered 12-step program. But it's very similar to what you know you find at the at AA or NA or any of those things. And one of this one of the things that you say is like, I recognize we recognize that we're powerless over our addiction, 
and that we needed someone to restore us to sanity. I mean, that's one of the things that, that you say. And it's funny because I was, I was just there last night and I was thinking, um, you know, and I, and I, as I have been kind of thinking, studying over the last year, just about like the mind and, and even, you know, how does, how does that work with God? You know, does he control our minds? And obviously we have three free will, but where does the Holy spirit come in to, you know, intercede or, or, um, you know, help, help us. And, um, I think a lot of the other concepts that I, that about 12 step, like going through your, um, your past regrets, like the things you've done wrong or the ways that you've been hurt, hurt is I think really helpful to get to like the root cause of why you're drinking. But again, the problem is once you're in that position where you're already addicted mentally, it's, it's very hard to, um, to kind of reason with that, I guess. Like by the time I went to CR, I was just so, I mean, I was weeping every day. It was so bad. I mean, it was just so, so bad. I just couldn't, you know, I really couldn't make sense of anything that was going on in my personal life. Um, but it was really hard because at the same time I felt like, but I'm not really an alcoholic. You know, so for the last, I've been in CR for two years. I think it's been, my gosh, it seems like it's been longer than that. But, um, and for almost a year, I was alcohol free. I didn't drink at all, you know. But at the same time, I knew in my heart, like, I'm not an alcoholic. So it was always like, well, I can go back to, having a drink or two and then it would you know it would just spiral from there um but you know it's like it seems like when difficult things happen you know that's that's where i would turn and i think it's so true that it's it's in the subconscious mind you know that's where mm -hmm the addiction is happening and it's really hard as you're going through that program, your subconscious mind isn't being changed. You know, you still want to drink. You still think drinking is fun. And if, and if you're someone that doesn't have a factor like a DUI or got your kids taken away or something that's like to the extreme, then it's really hard to, justifying your mind you know why should i you know continue to not drink does that make sense and that's where a few months ago i was on youtube and i, I found i found you on youtube and um i was just like this makes so much sense um there's another lady that you need to i, I want to tell you about um She's written several books. You may know her already. Um, I think the book she wrote is called The Best You. But she's a, she's a neuropsychologist. Is and it Dr. Her, Caroline Leaf? Yes, that's who it is. Yes. 
and I started um, listening to some of her talks on YouTube as well. And I have just, so many of her books. Here's one. Oh, yeah. 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 And it yeah, just it reminds me so much of, of, you know, what of the naked mind, you know, that the mm -hmm. fact that um, God never, we are so powerful. Our mind is so powerful. Um, it's, we don't really know exactly how powerful yet, I think, you know, um, but yeah, yeah. It's, it's awesome. It's, it's been awesome. I mean, it's so great. Yeah. Wow. What a story. That's beautiful. <laughs> I love it. Thank you for sharing it all. Um, <clears throat> so I always, <clears throat> excuse me, sort of at the end, ask the question, you know, what would you go back and tell Carrie of before about like how things are for you now? <clears throat> I mean, I wouldn't trade some of the experiences, I guess, but, um, you know, I would just tell her that to trust, trust your intuition, um, you know, and I think really being true to myself, you know, and who I am and, um, and that, you know, it's, it's okay to be who I am and, and that I don't need to do anything to fit in because the things that I was doing to fit in, um, were what I thought I needed to do. Um, you know, that's, that's really where I feel like a lot of the pain came, you know, and doing things that to try to be accepted, you know, um, by people that really, you know, if you have to do something to be accepted by, by someone, then, then that person really isn't your friend, you know? Um, yeah. And I guess the biggest thing for me recently, you know, is just, um, cause, cause I think as I've kind of sorted through my, my addiction, you know, the biggest thing for me was, um, a relationship addiction was, was the first thing, you know, that came first. Um, and just having this kind of like emptiness that I felt like that I needed someone else to be there for me all the time. Um, so I think the biggest thing for me is just, you know, recognizing that it's good to have good people in your life, but really God is, is what you need. I mean, Jesus is all you need. And, you know, people, people will let you down. And, um, you know, it's just, I guess, not getting so attached to those relationships in our, you know, in our lives. I mean, yeah, just learning to lean on myself, I guess, and, and do, do what feels right for me. That's beautiful. It's so true. <laughs> so true. Oh, this has been just awesome. I was going to um, tell you that, you know, especially in those times when you're feeling really guilty about certain things, like, I mean, I remember stopping nursing and being re so relieved about being able to drink again. And, you know, it was six months with my 
well, wait, 10 months with my first son, six months with my second son, and then my daughter's 20 months now, and she's still occasionally nursing. And, um, and I just wanted to tell you that, like, you're just doing the best you can with the tools you have, you know, like, there's a lot of stress in parenting, and we've been told that alcohol relieves stress. And so it was like, you know, you're really just, you never have bad intentions. Like there's nothing coming from really any of us that's like, okay, I have bad intentions towards myself. I want to mess this up for me or for my offspring. And that's just not true. And so anyway, I just wanted to tell you that because I can really relate to so much of what you talked about. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so <does> help. <laughs> So beautiful, Carrie. Thank you so much for sharing. I can't tell you how awesome it is and how much I appreciate it. It's really great. And I just hope you have a really, really wonderful day. Thank you. All right. <laughs> Bye. Thank you, Annie. Bye. This has been Annie Grace with This Naked Mind Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. You can learn more at thisnakedmind.com. And please remember to rate, review, and subscribe as it really helps us spread the word.